Let's do it. going on everybody welcome back to another edition of thunderstruck your unofficial lincoln stars podcast we were back at the icebox for another week of exciting lincoln stars hockey uh because uh last weekend was not exciting at all let's put january in the rearview mirror let's do it but before we uh talk stars hockey let's catch up with our, our co-host uh gene cotter man gene how was your week it was very hockey filled good thing that the stars were on the road because between my kid and announcing for other levels of Leha hockey around here. I was I pretty much lived at the Icebox or Breslow. So you made it down to the Icebox for the Bantam game? I did. I I uh, DJ'd and announced the last two. It was the only two home games that the Bantam travel team got to play at home. They asked me to come over and play some music and do some announcing. So I did that for them after doing two kid two games for my kid that day. And yeah, I know. I saw you at Breslow. Uh, what was it? Saturday night. Yeah, I think it was Saturday. I don't know. The whole weekend's kind of. A I don't bummer. know. Saturday night, two two games for your kid. Uh, he had a busy hockey week and played in the uh, high school all star game uh, Saturday. So he had three games in one day. Yeah, four hours of hockey on Saturday. He was a little worn out. He was. I, I was talking to him uh, during the first game of his of his high school team's game. I was like, dude, aren't you tired? You you already played one game, and he's like, I was tired before I even got here. And, it's, it's kind of pissing me off because we're, we're playing like crap, and I'm probably one of the better players on the ice right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'll just call like I, like, like I was told, but. Uh, well, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, they were playing the first place team in the league, too, Tri-City, who was really good. I think they lost 4-3. Something about this, three, two, the, something like the that. team Storm uh, has Lincoln's number. Well, you know, here's the thing, right? Uh, Tri-City doesn't have a junior stars, except the junior stars. They some of their kids come down here, but not all of them. They got some kids that are fantastic hockey players playing out there. And, and so when, you, when you're playing high school club, and, which is basically a rec league, um, we do have a – thank you, Lehigh. There is a, a high school select team this year that's traveled a little bit. But, you know, there's, it's, I can tell you that two years ago when Aiden first started playing in that league, it, I just wanted to throw up in my mouth every time I watched it and, you know, get hangnails and stuff and – Try to convince myself that I didn't need to be there, but you know, you know how it is. You got a kid. Yeah. You got to be wherever your kid is. And but I will tell you, the quality of hockey in that league has gotten considerably better. You know, I was, I was, I've only seen maybe a handful of games at best in, in that league. And you told me at the beginning of the year, oh, don't bother coming out. It's not great hockey. It's not horrible hockey either. Yeah, it's not horrible hockey anymore. And and before I forget, I just want to shout out. First off, shout out you. For the picks you took. I because, didn't do nothing. Oh, but they look fantastic. The other thing is, is is in our uh, 10 listeners here. I don't know if that's where we still are or not, but. Um, we're, we're right around 69. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, actually, we're right around, you know, 60 to 70 listeners. Okay. All right. Well, 69's in there. 69's in there. Uh, I, I will say that you have a whole bunch of kids that are celebrating. They're going to be finishing their Lehigh careers. I think that there's. There's 12 kids that are playing in the high school rec league. There's another, 
six or eight Lincoln kids that are playing for the junior stars. So, you know, there's roughly 20 high school seniors that are going to be wrapping up their Lehigh careers here. I know we lost, uh, we didn't lose Adam Brown. Adam Brown played for the AAA Lincoln team until recently. He's now playing in upstate New York someplace. He's another senior. So I don't know that we'll get to celebrate him, unfortunately, personally. But next Monday night, uh, 6.30, is senior night for the high school team, and then on February 11th, I'm not really sure what time that's happening, but junior stars are celebrating their seniors. So if you get a chance, just come out and check out the displays and and uh, help honor those. The displays, the displays parents put together for for their seniors are amazing. They are. I mean, I don't know half these kids. I mean, I I mean, obviously, I would know Aiden walking down the hallway, but. Just to watch their hockey journey and look at all these uh, photos of the kids when they first started, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, the interesting thing about it is is that as, as Sherry, who's been putting in all sorts of anxiety-ridden moments, putting together Aiden's board, you know, he's playing high school rec hockey, yet he grew up. He didn't start till he was nine. He played only house hockey a year. Then they played select hockey a year with, by the way, some girls – uh, Lola Reed and Jordan Petrie, who have been playing at Shattuck St. Mary's from Lincoln, Nebraska. One of them is committed to, I want to say Jordan is committed to either Wisconsin. I think she's committed to Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. And uh, Lola's committed to Boston. I mean, Boston. We got, we got two girls from Lincoln, Nebraska that are committed to Division One, upper-level Division One women's college hockey team. So the point I'm trying to make is, as Sherry has been getting this stuff ready, she keeps coming down with all of these medals, all of these trophies, all of these things that these Lincoln kids have won going to Minnesota, going to Wisconsin, going to South Dakota, playing all these kids. I'm not saying they're going to go beat the world, but they've, done, they've, all, they've all comported themselves fairly well growing up. That they have, I, you know, we were, I was watching the game on, on Saturday night and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that game was kind of physical and I'm like, can you hit in this league? Then I'm thinking to myself, well, there's girls on, on these teams too. Cause it is co-ed hockey, which is, which I would like to see Lincoln to get to a point, any, even Tri-City to get to a point where they can field a girls team. I know the, uh, there's a gr- all girls, uh, Omaha junior Lancers team up there in Omaha. I would like to see that happen here in Lincoln, but I'm sitting there, well, I don't think you can hit. The next thing I know, uh, Tri-City's goalie's throwing off his gloves, and I'm thinking the line brawl's going to break out. Yep. Yeah, and somehow that nothing even happened to the goalie. He throws his gloves off, throws a couple punches, puts his gloves back on, which, which is something that's odd. I, I mean, go it's, it's good that nothing, it didn't escalate more than what it was, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, but, you know, two other people get sent to the box for roughing, uh, matching minors for roughing. I want to go back to what you said about, I know that, Lehigh has tried for a number of years to get a girls program going here, but the problem is, is we lose too many girls. Uh, my daughter's one of them. Right. Well, and you know, I don't know, I don't know that we have enough girls playing hockey that you could have a sustainable program. Yeah, over the I, years I like know, Omaha like does, in my so. daughter's age group, I think there's four girls playing. Uh, what is it? Nine, ten U. Ten U. Ten U. I think yep. there's four girls playing right now. Uh, if mine was still playing, that'd be five, and that's still that's not enough to fill the full team. So right. I mean, even if you added five more at the next label, age level up, you're still only at ten. So you need probably twice that in every. You probably need ten per age group to field a sixteen U and an eighteen. <coughs> excuse me, a sixteen and eighteen U team growing up. But I know they've tried, and I I wish that for them too. Yep. So do you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about 
what happened this weekend? Uh, stars hockey? Big, big stars hockey? Yeah, big stars hockey. You know, the boys jumped on the bus, headed to the Netherlands, went up to yeah, Waterloo. Waterloo Friday night, uh, then Des Moines. Des Moines. The, the, the Madhouse on Hickman or whatever you said it is. Yeah, the Madhouse on Hickman. Ah, crap. I think Waterloo just scored again. I think that might have been the case. Uh, uh, six, six, what was the final score? Up six, in, three. Six, three Friday night. Worst, I've said it. Go I've ahead. said it many, many times. Just something about that arena. It's Lincoln's cursed in it. I'm, well, I've, it was five nothing before at the end of the first period. I mean, it was just kind of like, what the heck just happened there? We ended up outscoring them three to one over the last two periods, but they just uh, they just kind of had their way with us. I know. I know. We mentioned it last week that Rocky was talking about. You know, the first period was kind of the, wor- the worst hockey I've seen all year. Then we played the second period. Then we play Friday night. That first period, I was borderline ready to shut the game off. I was, I was beyond pissed off, and I just, I go, I don't know what it is about that building. I mean, I, I had high hopes, you know, coming off of, off the two losses last week, and that maybe, you know, we might pull our heads out of our butt and play some good hockey. But you want to go Silver Linings playbook on it? First off, what I'm saying is, is do you want to, do we want to, you know, here's the thing. So we went into the weekend basically in second place. We're now in third place. We've only dropped to third. We've, Sioux City's still two points behind us. Um, Fargo all of a sudden is 10 points ahead of us. Fargo's rolling right now. And Waterloo is also now five points ahead of us. But from a silver linings perspective, we're still in third place. And I don't know if you've done a game count or not. We actually play 11 games in the next 25 days. We have two. February is a busy month for the Stars. We have two three-game weekends, um, a lot of home games coming up, uh, and it's and it's no longer against Omaha and Tri City. It is against Sioux City. It's against Waterloo. It's against Fargo. So, oh man, again, yeah. <laughs> again. So anyway, there is ample opportunity for us to cure what has been ailing us. And I don't know what it is. You and I've had several conversations. I don't know if this is an indicator. I was looking back just through the penalties from the two games over the weekend. You know what I saw? A lot of ticky-tacky penalties, nothing. A lot of hooks and a lot of trips. I didn't see a single roughing penalty for the entire weekend. And I don't know what that tells me. I could tell you that tells we... Tells me uh, you go back there's and, some Charmin 2-ply out, out there. Could be. You go back and you look at and hear, listen to the conversations that we've had with players over the course of this season on the podcast. We look at things like uh, just observations that we've made. When we go out and play physical hockey, we tend to be more successful. And I don't know, hookings... Hookings and trippings isn't physical. Stick infractions are not physical hockey. They Agreed. are. I, I see that as lazy hockey. I, that was exactly where I was going. It's. It, we seem to have been very nonchalant the last four games. Just kind of, you know, last week I mused that I maybe saw some people who didn't care. I don't know that I saw that this weekend. It's just like they just, just uh, a little I saw. I saw a defeated team. Yeah, that could be. I mean. I didn't get a chance to watch much on Saturday because well, I was listening to it. Like I said, I was announcing four games. Yeah, I, I had I just had Joel's broadcast on on the AirPods when I was shooting those games. So, yeah, I would, and I was listening to it, and I was just kind of looking at the box score and whatever. And you know, 
uh, listening to the Rockies' comments after the game. Seems like we just got a little loose with the puck, tried to do some things. Uh, that That's what I saw over the weekend was just, you know, not protecting the puck, not paint, playing fundamentally sound. I'm assuming what Rocky would say is not following the process. We were not process-driven. We were tired or we were lazy or we were we were something over the weekend they played they played hard i mean they end up losing with 14 seconds left end up giving up an empty net goal dropping three to one to des moines uh but yeah the des moines game was a lot better and you know the the box score shows you know yeah it's it's three one but it was 14 seconds left in the game where they took the lead and then you score that empty netter so yeah, I mean, I, I I was highly anticipating us picking up a point in that in that Des Moines game, and just I think there was a I think there was a turnover in the neutral yeah, zone and a breakdown and went down went the other way, and uh, you know Massey came in, in in relief of Whitey on Friday night and only gave up a goal. Then Whitey went back in on Saturday night and ended up giving up two goals, but I went went a long time between them and. You know, I don't know. I, again, I'm I'm just going to put January in the rearview mirror and look forward to 11 games in the next 25 days against teams that are right around. A lot around of us. hockey. It's a lot of hockey. It's a lot of opportunity. There you have it. That's it. We're done. Podcast over. Okay. Thanks, everybody. No, I, I we'll, know. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you next week. I want to. I want to. You know, Joe was talking uh, talking on post game or his post game show and. Rocky kind of cut him off there a little bit, and he goes, there's no moral victories in this league. And I know as Husker fans, we look at everything as a moral victory. But I, I, like, the, I like what Rocky, you know, he kind of nipped it in the bus, say this league is too high of a level to have moral victories. We just need to do better. Well, look at what we've done this year. I mean, we haven't played Sioux Falls all that much, but at one point we were 0-2 against them. They're next, uh, next to last in the league. Um, we got two games with them coming up. We do. So – you cannot take a night off. I don't care who it is. Maybe Madison. Not last year's Madison. This year's Madison. This year's Madison's pretty but you can't horrible. Take, you, cannot take, you cannot take a night off in this league. Oh, by the way, the comparison I made over the weekend was it felt this weekend like we were trying to play Eastern Conference hockey in the Western Conference. That's what it felt that's like. That's not going to work in this league. We were trying to be too cute, too pretty, too something, and that's not going to work in the Western Conference. Not against Waterloo, not against Des Moines, not against Fargo. The Western Conference is a lot like old school Big Ten football. Smash mouth, running up the middle, yep. punch them in the face. And every time we have played that style of hockey this year, we've been incredibly successful. Yeah, we have. That's Lincoln, I that's mean, that's, Lincoln that's hockey, too. From, from day one, that's, that's what it, you know. I uploaded a bunch of videos of uh, the home op- opener videos over the weekend. I got a message from Joel on, as he's riding on the bus back. He's like, these are amazing. This is what Lincoln Stars hockey is all about, and that's not what happened this past weekend. In the last four games, it hasn't happened. Yep, agreed. Maybe we just need to play them on loop in the locker room, let people get jacked up by it, because I was watching some of that stuff you put out there and had, had goosebumps on top of the goosebumps. And I was a week late. I found some Gary Sharp calls on those videos that yeah, we could have played. Cool, though, huh? Yeah, it was, it was Goosebump City, definitely, for sure. Right on. I know you, you found the... Get ready, the Clark Cup's coming back to Lincoln, Nebraska that he, yeah. that he talked about the other day. So that being said, let's take a, take a quick break and we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA Hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Zegras. they score on the lacrosse move. McCarr. Down low, McCarr. He scores! 
Gensel. Watch the goalie score! Jake Gensel! All were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening after a week on the road, the Lincoln Stars return home to the icebox this Friday and Saturday to open up a busy February. Purchase tickets for both games against the Sioux Falls Stampede and the Sioux City Musketeers and you'll receive half price of just $16. Be here for a big weekend at the Icebox. Head over to LincolnStars.com or call 402-474-7827 today to get your seat. Welcome back to Thunderstruck. You're an official Lincoln Stars podcast. Gene, uh, we just heard the ad from uh, for the uh, Dump and Chase podcast, and we poked a little fun at him last week. I'm a little disappointed. Huh? We didn't get any chirps back from him. No shots fired. We must have we must have done too good of a it's, job. It's true. The East is soft. You know what they're <laughs> you know what they're going to do? They're putting together some retaliatory. Nah, this week's episode is probably going to be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be me calling myself a moron. There you go, Sam. There's some yeah. more fodder for you. I mean, it's true. Okay, but the, if if the truth. Fitz, where? I'm an idiot. Yeah, you're you're an idiot. I've I'm been called a lot worse, though. Yeah, I probably should be called a lot worse, but hey, you know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow, meaning we're recording on Tuesday, so Wednesday, February first. You know what that is? I uh, I do only because I walked in on uh, Carly, our uh, graphic artist here at Lincoln Stars, working on the graphic that's gonna be posted tomorrow morning. That's pretty cool stuff, though. I mean, last year we got in this big conversation. What what uh, organization? It's National Girls and Women Women's, in Sports yeah. Day, right? Is that the official title? I believe so. So I remember last year when we had Lori I'll Crocker. Till, I'll have to wait till the post comes out tomorrow morning to find out the actual wording. Well, that's probably true. It was a bunch of letters, kind of like WW something something. EFG. There was some Gs in it and some Ws and some other stuff. But you know, I think about last year when we had the first woman president in the USHL yeah. on here, Lori Crocker. Here's to you. Lincoln Stars staff on National Women and Girls in Sports Day. You know what the best part is? I told Carly I was going to give her a shout out, and she said she might actually listen to the podcast. So we might have picked up one more. Sweet. 71. 71. 71. Fantastic. We went from 60, between 60 and 70 to 71. Yeah, 71. We'll, we'll just round it up. She's got everybody down at the, out at the yoga studio listening to us. That's that was going to be, uh, she might be kicked out of yoga. She made everybody there listen to us. That could be, that could be. Hey, so let's talk about, let's talk about the month of February. We, um, this weekend, we got a three game weekend, two games at home, play Sioux Falls and Sioux City 
uh, Friday, Saturday at home, and then we go up for a 305 matinee at the Tyson Take a Nap Center, um, play Sioux City. So we got them twice this weekend. So they can either we have a three game weekend this weekend. We do. Yep. Oh, I'll be damned. Friday, Saturday at home. Sunday I only look. On the road. I, you know, honestly, I only really look at home games because those are the ones I need to be at. But I'll be damned. Three games this weekend. Well, then the next week we have a home and home with Sioux Falls, and then following up with the Valentine's Day game against Desmondes on the, the 14th. Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Calling it right here at the Icebox. Let's hope. Then the following weekend, we jump on the road for the first time. And we got a three-game weekend, a doubleheader at the Shields Arena in Fargo against the Force, and then we're going to stop at Sioux City at the ta- at the uh, Take a Nap Center and play Sioux City on the way home. Then once again, we finish the month with another back home and home against a lot of Sioux Falls this month, Stampede. which is which is four could be good. Falls, it could be good. Three against Sioux City, two against Fargo, one against Des Moines. So. We need to take care of business. We need, to, we need to get back to that team that we were, get back to paying attention to the details, get back to being process-driven, because that's the thing I think when you listen to Rocky in his postgame has been, he hasn't said it, but he said it to me. I hear him saying that we haven't been following the process. We haven't been doing the things that we need to do to be successful. And he's never about lost, wins and losses, although his voice gives him away his uh, – his tone gives him away. Yeah, bit. they might say wins and losses don't matter right now, but they do. Yeah, and you follow the process, you become successful. And I think that that's kind of what he talked about on Saturday night was that they followed the process, they played okay, and it was just at the very end uh, a key mistake in a really bad situation and ends up in the back of the net and you come home with a loss. 11 games in the next 25 days, a possible of 22 points are up for grabs, and it's against uh, – High competition that's above us in the in the conference right now, with the exception of you know like the four against Sioux Falls. But we got Sioux City, Des Moines, a bunch, not Sioux City, not Des Moines, but Sioux City and Fargo a bunch of times this month, and those are key points right there. That they are points we need to get because then you're in March, which is the absolute home stretch. So it's time to it's make or break it. February is make it or break it month. So let's let's go make it. And not only in February do we have a bunch of games. That's also trade deadlines. Uh, oh yeah, import trade deadline is coming up. What this weekend? Yeah, the the sixth, I believe the Sunday, sixth, Sunday or like Monday, that. something like that is uh, the import trade deadline. I don't know what we what we're, I mean. Who are our imports? Whitey's not going any place. No, Clouds ain't going any place. Um, who else is there? Buckberger's not going Mason. any place. Marcy? Marcellus isn't going any place. Um, Moscow. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that trade deadline is going to affect us at all. Uh, I don't know what Rocky and Nick have in plan for. Sure, we don't have any breaking news out there, right? As we say, oh, uh, yeah, nothing's happening. Breaking news: uh, I saw Omaha made a trade <laughs> to um, Muskegon for a bunch of draft picks. Isn't doesn't Omaha make? A trade I mean, that's every a, day. Yeah, that's an every other day situation right there. Uh, Tri City, though, what about them getting rid of both their goalies? Very interesting. Of course, they bring that guy up here that came up over Christmas when just, when those guys are gone and went five and zero oh and beat us three times at yeah, Omaha Corby twice. Yeah, or so, something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know his name, but even though he, not he, they laid eggs for us. You know, in the Frosty Cup the other day, we needed him to win to beat Fargo, and they basically did what we did last year down there, and figured out a way to lose both of them. That's all right. We just got to get them ourselves. Yeah. 
I mean, that's all that that's all that we can do is you know. Obviously, we're three and one against Fargo. It's Waterloo that we need to figure out how to take out behind the woodshed. I think I think you know three games here at the ice box. Ice boxes. I mean, the Stars played phenomenal at home. I mean, how many losses we have at home? Like four, five, uh, two or three, I think. Yeah. So I mean, home field advantage. That's what it's here for. Let's pack the box. I'm looking at the uh, tickets out over here on the board, and we need to get those numbers up. So let's do that. Let's do it. All right. Take another break. You want to take a break, or do you want to call it because we'll have our guest in between there? I don't know. Oh, hopefully we'll have a guest in between there. We haven't mentioned that, but uh, we're trying to get Paul Cotter on the line. So uh, NHL All-Star Week is uh, this weekend. Paul has no games, but uh, he's still a busy professional hockey player. So In Vegas. In, I mean, a he could busy be. busy professional hockey player. He'd be at the craps table right Vegas. now. He could be. He could be on a heater right now. That's why he wanted to push it back a little bit. Could be. But you know what? We'll never know because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. This pass picked off by Nick Haig, and the Golden Knights on the move the other way. Three on three, they come. Cotter, Haig, Ron Beard, Cotter with a wrist shot, and he scores! Paul Cotter, his first NHL goal in his second NHL game! All right, Stars fans, joining us is uh, NHLer Paul Cotter, man. Paul, uh, when you hear that clip, man, what do you think? I get chills. It's uh, that's a huge you know, milestone in my career and, um, kind of all started right in there. So yeah, I, I, I've heard that sound many times. All right. Let's be honest. Paul, what, what's more important or more especially you, that goal or, uh, the first time you scored at the ice box, <laughs> you know what the, uh, the ice box is a special place that I don't think there's ever going to be a rink, uh, in hockey history with a better intro than that spot. So, um, the thunderstruck's going, and nah, yeah, the crowd's great. So that that place gets on its feet. I've had a couple of goals there where um, are very memorable, especially against Omaha. So, uh, man, I love that place. When you think about stuff like that, Paul, um, you know, do we need to roll out? Do we need to have like a red carpet experience at the ice box when the players show up? <laughs> yeah, that place is awesome. It 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 does just fine how it is. Um, it's got the old barn to it, and man when it gets packed it's loud in there so uh yeah, it's pretty sweet you already talked about a couple of couple of goals you scored against omaha in there but if, if you throw those out what is your favorite let's let's go two questions here first off what is your favorite memory of of the ice box and second what is your favorite memory of just your time in lincoln um at the ice box um there was uh I think it was it was a game. I think it was against Youngstown, maybe. Um, it was right before the. I don't know if it was the NHL uh, top prospect. I think it had been right right before that game. Yeah, um, and I was kind of going through a little bit of a drought, and then that game I had, I believe I had two goals, and then I had the shootout winner too. So that I think that was one of the craziest games I've had there. Um, might have been an O2 win. I'm not sure, but that that was awesome. Uh, and then probably in in Lincoln, um, a few of us went to the Huskers game. I don't know what I don't know what it was or when it was, but we went to a game. It was it was pretty sweet. Uh, and I was with uh, it was Hunter Johannes was my roommate at the time, and he's still a guy. We actually talked on the phone today for quite a while. So. Um, you know, that, that was a, it was a tight team we had there, and a lot of us are, you know, s- stay in touch. So, really cool spot. Uh, I think just 
being around all those guys and with the team that we had, it, it was special kind of, we all did stuff outside of the rink, whether it was watch a movie or, or play basketball with the bullet houses or something. So, uh, yeah, there's so many memories with the team. I, it's hard to pick one. Now, Paul, how, how big of a, how big of a deal is that Paul? When, when you talk about the locker room, the stuff, you know, um, you talk about the stuff that you do away from the ice. You talk about the chemistry and the culture in the locker room. Just how big of a deal is that to a hockey team? Well, I think it's underrated first off, but secondly, I think it's one of the most important things of, of the team. I mean, you can have skilled guys, you can have you know guys that put up a lot of numbers, but at the end of the day, if, if the team's not close, you're not going to go far. Uh, and uh, we had a team, um, you know, we would have liked a different outcome, but uh, I think we could very well see the team that we had going farther and, and winning it in a different reality. So it's so huge. And, and there's very few teams that are, that are like that where all guys, you know, whether they like each other or not, they, you know, they all get together and everybody is rooting for one another. Um, and there's a positive, I hate to say vibe, but you know, it's just positive and everybody's rooting for each other. And it's rare to have that. And we had it on that team. I think this year with, with Vegas, I think we have that. And I don't, I don't think I've had a, a team like that since. So um, that was such such a cool, cool group. The guys were from all over the place. And, and now guys are, you know, playing college in different spots, couple pro. And, um, you know, everybody's, we still have a group chat that we all, you know, chirp everybody in and stuff. So uh, it's so important. And it's, it's very rare to have, uh, team camaraderie that tight like we did. So, um, yeah, it's it, really cool. You mentioned how important that, that team is to you, but how about in your, your, in your development in your hockey career? How, how important was the stop in Lincoln to help you develop into the, the player that you are now? Uh, massively. Uh, you know, I, I kind of, I was trying to figure out kind of the, st- the style of player I was and, and where I was going to go and, I uh, had a pretty good year in, in Brookings the year beforehand, um, and you know I didn't really I didn't really know what my potential was. I didn't know if I was even going to be able to be a an impact player in the USHL. So um, they that was awesome. It was it was a huge year for me. Obviously, I did well. Uh, I kind of battled through an injury as well. I got to go to the the USHL NHL top prospects game, the CCM All American, and uh, the world junior summer showcase right after that. So all of those things are kind of uh, a reason of how good the year went for me. And I thought, you know, our coaching staff with Cody was, was awesome. I think they're, they're younger guys that, that know the game has changed. And I think that gave us an edge right away. We we played a pro style of hockey instead of a junior style. So uh, that was so big for my development. Um, and I think that was kind of the first year that my name kind of got put on the block. So um, I think that's it pretty much all started right there in Lincoln. I have two follow-ups for you there, Paul. So one thing you just said is the game has changed and Chupper and those guys knew that when you say that, how does, uh, how, how, what do you mean? How did the, how has the game changed? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good question. So I, it's, it's different. In fact, of, uh, I think, you know, it's obviously you think back in the, the NHL back in the day and, you know, there's big tough guys fighting everybody and, um, you know, it's all pretty grit. And, and now you can see there's very few 
so-called tough guys left in the NHL. They're kind of weeding out. Um, and it's a different style. It's, it's quick. It's faster. It's more skilled. Everything is structuralized. Um, and for a team to have that in juniors is, is pretty cool. You, you get to play a pro style of hockey when you're not playing pro yet. So to get those development years while you're playing a style of hockey like that, a lot of guys come in to the NHL or AHL. Um, they take a couple of years to kind of get the hang of things um, before they can officially, you know, not dominate, but be an, a high impact player. And when you, when you have a coaching staff that's teaching you that style as a younger player, uh, I think it, it speeds up your development. So um, it's a lot more structural, uh, a lot more speed and skill than, than previous eras, I guess, in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I was really blessed to, to have those guys as a staff. And so then secondly, when you left Lincoln, you went to Western, uh, were there for, I believe, eight games before you left and ended up playing in the O at London. I know the rumor around here was that uh, the, the Golden Knights were like, yo, um, I think we're going to need you sooner rather than later. I'm not asking you to divulge any secrets or anything that went into that, but did, was, was possibly returning to Lincoln part of the plan or, or was the O to get a little more of the professional type atmosphere uh, always part of the plan after you decided to leave Western? Yeah, uh, a lot went into it. I, I loved my time at Western. That was, uh, was an extremely fun I was there all summer, so it was a fun summer. It was, you know, it was good doing the balance with, with hockey and school, and um, you know, college is college. Everybody loves it, so uh, it was it was awesome. I loved it. You know, I, I don't think that it, it fit my style of play necessarily. Um, the way that the Western, um, the way that Andy Murray was kind of structuralizing his team. So um, Vegas thought that you know I wasn't going to stay there the whole year uh or, or past the year perhaps i was going to sign and then play pro after that so they thought that london was uh, a better fit for my game to develop me for for the rest of that season um maybe i was going to play a little bit more or be surrounded with a little bit better of players uh so that was that was the thought process going into it obviously lincoln was a huge part of my development um and you know there, there was talks about going back I don't think that Vegas has a lot of, I don't want to say connections, but, um, you know, the pipeline from Lincoln to Vegas isn't probably as strong as London is to the NHL. Um, maybe Vegas now, since they're a little bit newer of a team, but um, you always, you know, hear of a lot of guys coming out of London and uh, that was a great spot as well. But I think just, it was uh, it was a proper fit for the time being, um, for the rest of that season. So that was, that was basically it. Um, you know, there wasn't really anything that triggered that the move. It was, it was more of a, you know, kind of what was best for my development. So um, well, that, kind of, that kind of exemplifies the difference between the, the CHL and the USHL or USHL is more of a college bound league. Whereas anywhere, whether it be the O or the dub or the Q or whatever is more, more of a, you're probably going pro after you play in those leagues than you do if you're playing in the USHL, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think it'd be fair to to kind of compare the OHL more of toe to college um, and those other leagues to college uh, because obviously OHL is the 
the farthest thing you go before pro and, and college is the farthest thing you go before pro and, and another route. So, um, I think the USHL and the OHL are, are very similar leagues. I think the OHL has a little bit more, um, skill and stardom to it. Um, not saying the USHL doesn't by all means, there's a lot of, a lot of great players who come out of there, but I think you, if you were to compare college to OHL, uh, I think college is a, is a 10 times harder league to, to play in. Uh, whether that's age related or not, you know, guys are a lot older in college. Um, but they're, you know, it's, it's just two different paths. So, um, yeah. So Paul, talk a little bit off ice and with, with your time here in Lincoln, how did that help you prepare to be a pro? I mean, as far as your, your day to day life, you know, you move away from home, you're, you're living with a billet family, but now you're, now you're kind of on your own. How did, how off the ice, how did, how did your time in the USHL and in, in the O prepare you to be a professional? Uh, it was big, you know, it, it's, it's not easy moving away from home. Uh, you, you, you grow up pretty quick. So you, you're with a different family. Um, and I was with, uh, John and Sherry. They were, man, they were the best. They, they made it really easy on me. Um, I had a great time there. Uh, we're still staying in touch as well, but, and, and, you know, you're with a, you're with a whole new family. So not, not only are you juggling, you know, trying to play hockey and you got NHL in the back of your head and trying to figure that whole process out, but, the end of the day you go home to a new family and um you know it's it's new new cooking new living situation so you kind of need to balance a few things like that on your own as well but um yeah i I was ready i I mean i was really lucky i i ate very properly you know slept very properly because i was with those guys so um you know they made my time easy a lot of times if you're in a house that's not really sustainable to a pro lifestyle it's tough to you know take that on your own as, as a young kid and and figure it out but um those guys kind of had it all laid out right in front of me with you know great dinners and had it be uh, at the same time every day and um you know they took care of us really well so um if it wasn't for them it'd probably be a little different but off the ice was was pretty easy with uh with those guys john ever take you down to the fire station and give you a ride on the fire truck <laughs> no he didn't but uh, i rode in the corvette one time and that's uh that's his prized possession so that was really cool rode in it he didn't let you drive it oh god i don't think i would have drove it i've been too scared <laughs> hey. i didn't think i had my license at the time <laughs> ah hey i have a question for you do you know what you were doing on october 6th of 2006 october 6 2006 i was six years old um, I was probably playing in some tournament in Toronto or Chicago or something. I would imagine. You know why I, I asked that question? No idea. That's the night that Phil Kessel made his NHL debut with the Boston Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. I saw you chasing around on the ice with a GoPro the other night, trying to get him to smile. And it just made me kind of think about looking that up. So, um, what's it like playing with Iron Man? Oh, it's so cool. He is, he is the man. He, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a lot of knowledge in this game. He's, he's won pretty much everything he can. Um, and you know, he's a good guy to learn from. He's, he's obviously, uh, you know, a, <laughs> he's Phil, right? There's never going to be another Phil Kessel in this league ever. Um, but you know, he's, he's always, 
he's always there cracking jokes, you know, putting other smiles on other people's faces. And, uh, he's, he's such a great guy and he's a hell of a player. And, you know, uh, being around him is so funny uh, and just kind of hearing some stories that he has from the past and stuff. And, um, it's cool. I mean, I, I was a Pittsburgh fan growing up. So I, you know, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, Malkin and Crosby were the four guys, you know, that I watched growing up. So now that I'm, playing on the line with them half the time it's it's uh it's crazy i i don't really even kind of realize it quite yet but i'm sure one day it'll it'll kind of kick in well speaking about things you don't realize i know you uh took a pretty nasty hit here a few weeks ago we're on the we're on the shelf for a little bit he has not missed a game since you were 12 years old talk about what exactly it takes to be able to go 12 13 years without missing a freaking game uh, I mean, it, it's unheard of. It's, uh, it, I don't even, there's not really too many words to describe it, but crazy, crazy. I mean, that, uh, yeah, I, I've gone through, you know, I'm a bigger guy, I'm a stronger guy, and, you know, even I get hit and, you know, out for a week or so, and um, it, it's insane. It's insane. He He's mastered being put in situations where he's, you can't get hit. So <laughs> whether that's good or not, uh, you know, he's, do, he's done a really good job. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Good for him. You mentioned that, you, you know, you being a Pittsburgh fan and watching guys like Crosby and, and Malkin and all them, has there been a moment in, since you've been playing in the NHL that you just kind of look up across whoever you are facing off against the ice and just kind of starstruck and you had to do a reality check that I'm actually really here. Yeah. You know what? I, for the longest time, no. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of versed McDavid and Ovechkin and um, a lot of the big names. You know, I kind of grew up watching and stuff. And you're just so dialed in, you don't really you – know, that maybe after the game when you kind of look back at, like, the score sheet or something, you're like, whoa. But, you know, during the moment, you're kind of – you know, you're so dialed in that there's a million other things going through your head besides that. But, uh, no, but the, the first time I was, I was in warm-ups um, against Pittsburgh – and I was kind of doing my, my routine on the ice, uh, and I was stretching right on the dot. And I kind of just looked over, and I saw Sid doing the same thing. And I was like, I don't know, I think I, I stared at him for 30 seconds. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy, <laughs> that's it. Like, this is the guy I looked up to. I, I used to have 30 posters of him on my wall growing up. Like, pretty crazy. So um, that was, yeah, that was probably the one and only time that I was really starstruck. Uh, it's, yeah, that was that was the craziest feeling ever. Yeah, and then, and then you went and put him in the boards and realized it's just hockey, right? <laughs> That's right. As soon as I saw him with the puck, I think my eyes went red. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What's been your What's been your fondest memory in Vegas so far, Paul? Uh, nice. Uh, you, you you name it. What's Let's just change it. What's your best experience as a pro so far, Ben? Oh man, there's been there's been so many. Um, oh, there's been a million. I, it's hard to kind of narrow it down to one. I golfed with Petrangelo at, at Summit Club and and also with the with the Findleys as well. Um, that was pretty that was pretty awesome to be with him and and those guys who um, the Findleys are a pretty successful family that own a lot of dealerships around here, but. Um, I don't know. I've, I've had uh, my first goal around here. I think oh, there's so many things. Um, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of 
put a staple on it, but, um, I don't know. I, I've met a lot of, I've met a lot of friends here, um, in the town and stuff. And, uh, it's hard to kind of put uh, a stamp on one thing, but I'd probably say golfing at the summit club with, with, uh, Petrangelo or, um, with the Finleys. I think those, uh, that's a pretty special course and, uh, to golf with uh, a big leader on our team like that. And, and guys that are, you know, big and, um, big names in the city, I think probably that would be, uh, towards the top. You mentioned that golf. Is there any chance we're going to see on a sandbagger on the, on the, uh, Chicklet's uh, YouTube page? You know what? I would absolutely love to do that. I, uh, I've watched pretty much all of them. So, um, I got, uh, I kind of got a few good, uh, good ideas for it too. So if, uh, if Biz is listening to this, then you need to watch out. I like it. Yeah, me too. Paul, I want you to know, you probably don't need to hear this, but, uh, you know, you've always got a bunch of fans rooting for number 47 back here in Lincoln. I know that's not what your number is here, but, uh, got a lot of people that have become Golden Knights fans because Paul Cotter's flying those colors out there. So enjoyed watching you here. Enjoy watching you with the Golden Knights and we appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Always a star. I always, uh, I'm always proud to be a star and, um, part of me is from Lincoln always. So yeah, thank you guys for having me. You know what, Gene, uh, Friday, Saturday at the ice box. Let's pack this place. Let's get it, uh, rocking as we take on Sioux city, Sioux falls. Sioux City, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls, Sioux City, if we're being accurate. Yeah, I can, just can't read dates, so. Yeah. Sioux yeah. Falls, Friday night, Sioux City Musketeers, Saturday night. Um, I'm excited to get the Muskies back in, the, in this place and uh, kind of have a little bit of redemption. You know, as I said, to open the show, it's time to put January in the rearview mirror. We have not had, it's our first four-game skid of the year, so it's not like the sky is falling. It may feel like the sky is falling. Four's a streak. Four is a streak, but you know what? We can come out of this weekend on a three-game heater, too. So let's, uh, let's head it in that direction. That we say. can. Uh, three games this weekend, uh, two at home, one away. Like I said, excited to get Sioux City back in here. But before that, we got to take care of business on Sioux Falls with Friday night. And uh, we'll see everybody here at the Icebox. Box. <laughs>